How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. Providing a seamless mortgage experience. Need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family? Folks, remember, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I got to do some housekeeping before I get into the three teams that I'm really excited for and the teams that I'm really nervous about. I got to do that. And this is after... The playoffs. This is not. These are playoff teams that are in the playoffs, but I'm nervous afterwards. And we thank everybody listening on the Radio.com app, also on SiriusXM 206, as we get these games started up. And we'll talk about them uh, throughout the first hour of these games. Andrew Filipponi from two to six coming up Eastern. So that's going to be fantastic. We'll take you the next four hours with him as well. Uh, I got a house cleaning due because we had Merrill Hodge on. He was fantastic. The analytics. I I think that we we can we can accept both. It it. it I'll tell you, I'll ask you this. Connor, did it seem that uh did see Merrill like the analytical point of view there? I don't think he did. He seemed to be more of like an old school, not a big analytical yeah. kind of guy. And I wondered for a second if he thought I was just gonna be all analytical about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You gotta know the type of person that you have. The the people element in this is tremendous. You look at it from I'll tell you from this, my personal situation. Analyzing a team in Cleveland, the kicker looks terrified every time he goes out. Now, this is Cody Parkey. He's famous for missing a kick, it, but he looks terrified. And I think that they made a decision against the Steelers in Week 17 because they did not have faith in their kicker. And you're you're at a point right now in the season where Week 15 and beyond, and, and maybe even a little earlier than that, you kind of are what you are at that position. Unless you have an injury, like Chris Boswell had a groin injury. They brought a kid in off the street, and the kid, well, he was already on their practice squad. The kid did wonderfully for them. It looked like he wasn't afraid of anything. On the other side, the Browns, yeah. It comes down to a field goal tomorrow night on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to be pretty nervous. I'm going to be really nervous. I'm going to be overwhelmingly nervous. Guy said the kid ought to just, he ought to grow some facial hair. He might look like, and if you look up pictures of Cody Parkey, with facial hair, he'd probably look like Rickety Cricket from Sonny, but at least he would look tougher because there is a face to him where he goes out there and because of the face mask is low and everything, you can see that face. He looks like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world. He looks terrified. And he'll hit kicks and he looks terrified. It does not – I'm saying it doesn't inspire confidence for a fan base. So there are personal things that have to be brought into it. 
But the analytical point of view, I, I flatly have to tell you guys, this has been a fun type of football to watch. I saw a video. There's a great, great Twitter account that has a bunch of Giants videos on it. I think it's – you might know what it is, Connor. I, I should have remembered. I should have followed it long ago. It's, I think it's Big Blue VCR for Giants fans. And they take clips of all – like whoever the Giants are playing that day, they take clips of the videos of the teams for the, the games they played in the back, back in the day, and they post them up there. And they had a video one time. Joe Bugle – from the Arizona Cardinals, or the time of the Phoenix Cardinals, Joe Bugle coaching on one side, Dan Reeves on the other. And there's a field goal hit with 32 seconds left. 32 seconds left. And you can hear Uncle Vern at the time he's doing NFL games for CBS. Uncle Vern, this game's over. The game winner. There are 32 seconds left. They hit a field goal with that much time left. This game's over. Forget about it. You would never do that now. Now, these are rule changes. Absolutely, these are rule changes, too. But the analytical point of view has changed things. Going forward on fourth down, we've seen it more than we I think we've ever seen it in the past. Before, it was just a formality. You could go forward on fourth down in very, very special circumstances. Teams would go forward on fourth down twice, maybe three times a year, and that's it. You never went forward on fourth down. Now, fourth and three? Depending on the time, depending on where you're at, if you're at the opponent's 41, hey, I'd rather pick that up than just punt it away. Let's see what we can do offensively. The odds are in our favor. Fourth and one. Let's see what we can do. We're the we're the ones moving forward. They gotta they gotta try to defend us. So it, and, and they're the, you're the one who knows the, the the snap count. That's what makes it fun. I think it's made it better, and I do think that when I look at more analytical point of view head coaches, Kevin Stefanski's in this mix. How's this running game? Kyle Shanahan is in that mix. How's this running game? Sean McVay is in there. How's their running game? Three teams that know how to run. Three teams that are coached by guys who have an analytical brain instead of rah-rah, beat you down. That you need those people. This is a game still played. It's not play, It's played with some numbers. That's guaranteed. But it's also played with emotion. And it's a very public game. And when you have a game that's so physical where it does become a battle of wills between people, as much as we've taken some of the violence out of it, and rightfully so, considering what we know now, considering what we believe is in good taste now, it's still a battle of wills, and it's still a battle of who's tougher. There's a machismo factor to it. It's man-on-man. Who's the better man at the end of it? You still need emotion, but you can't tell me. And as much as I wanted to fight it when I was a kid – You can't tell me that I don't need numbers. I need numbers. I need analytics. I need percentages. Those are things I need. I don't want to make every decision based on it. There's guys on every single football team who make fine livings, filling in, being a placeholder. You know it. Everybody knows it. Guys who are a little bit smart, maybe maybe they are just well-liked by the coaching staff. They know where to go. They don't make a lot of sense physically. They know that they may not be around for very long. They would be replaced eventually, but because they know the game, because of their pedigree, they stick around. A guy like Derek Watt in Pittsburgh. I might make a joke and call him one of those other Stallones. Derek Watt knows what the hell he's doing. The coaches like him. He doesn't he doesn't make them worry. He usually makes the right decision. He he gets a job that way. Jim Leonard was that way. 
Jim Leonard was a hard scrabble guy who ended up in the NFL. And when you look at Jim Leonard and being in the same locker room with Jim Leonard and seeing him in the past covering it, you tower over Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard's a good football guy and a good football coach now and was a decent enough player. And the only reason he was on a roster is because he could kind of sort of pass muster, but he knew what he was doing. He was smart. So when they needed a guy who knew where he was supposed to go, who would throw his body into something, Jim Leonard was the guy. There's guys like that. That's what makes football special. And that's something that a spark score won't show me. So I know that there's this fight. The, the Bill Polians of the world, they get upset. And I, I don't say that lightly because I know people who love Bill Polian. I hate to say that. But the Bill Polians of the world, they get mad because they got that gut instinct. This is a player. They know it. But I think that those days are gone. There is still a feeling for the emotion of the game, for being able to pick a player who you know is going to be there for you, a guy who's going to be a veteran for you, a guy who still has another year left, who's a good locker room leader. Those are things that analytics can't predict, can't say yet. I don't think they ever will be able to because those are based on emotions. But there is a place for it, and I think it has made the game more interesting. Fourth downs, two-point conversions, the whole, well, you can go for two twice because you you got a 50-50 shot, and you have almost no shot to miss it twice in a row. Those are fantastic stuff. What we're going to do with off with offsides, because it seems impossible to get an offside kick or, a, or an onside kicks anymore, offsides, onsides kick anymore, like these are things that are making the game interesting. And when it comes to the kickers, by the way, and people are always wondering why kickers are missing, there's not as much muscle memory now. Before you could go out and kick a million extra points in a row, there's muscle memory to it. And I think it would help during your regular field goals. Now you're kicking 33-yard extra points. It's scary out there. There's more pressure on the extra point. And I think you have less I guess I would call it practice, less practice for big field goals and big moments. These are all analytical things, and they do make it a little bit more interesting. But enough of the math lesson. Going on to Urban Meyer. Before we get into the top, before we get into the three, I'm excited about three I'm nervous about. For the Urban Meyer rumors. Now, Connor, you don't watch pro wrestling, do you? I do not. Okay. I watch, I, I'm a fan of classic pro wrestling. I don't really watch a lot of current pro wrestling. My son, he's five. Five-year-old American boys usually like wrestling, so every now and then I turn it on. Let them watch it. It's fine. It doesn't insult me. It's it's whatever. It's not what I grew up with. I'll tell you that. But it's 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 fine. It's not a big deal. If you watch any time I turn it on, and I've been able to watch one of the two big companies maybe five times in a year, maybe. And that's that's being very generous. I'm a morning show host. I, I, I'm in bed at 8 o'clock. I try to anyway. Sometimes i got to stay up. I've seen a little bit of AEW. I've seen a little bit of WWE. From what I can tell you about AEW, remember, the owner of the Jaguars owns AEW. If you've seen two bits of AEW, you know from the moment you tune in, Whoever owns this thing, money is no object for this guy. It's no object. If you're just a regular sports fan clicking around on a Wednesday night and you turn on AEW, you turn on some pro wrestling, and you see that, they bring out they brought out Shaquille O'Neal. They got what they got Tully out there again. You got Arn Anderson out there. He's got what looks like a Waffle House menu. He fantastic stuff. I love Arn Anderson. I always love Arn Anderson. It brings guys like me in. You got Sting out there. I don't know what the guy's going to do in his in his 60s, 
but you know that the cons are willing to pay these guys tremendous amounts of money to get guys like me to watch a little bit, and then eventually when we can have people at events again, bring my kids to live events and spend money on this. It's a good strategy. I'll always give them that credit. i got friends with both companies, and I ain't going to lie. I know, congratulations on all my success. But I got friends with both companies. I try to be supportive of both. I think it's all better for all the wrestlers. And I love classic pro wrestling. I'm not going to lie on that. But I think their strategy is brilliant. Get get a guy like me to remember the good old days with Arn and Tully. Sting. Jake the Snake is out there. It's shooting fish in a barrel. 34-year-old guy from Ohio. Yeah, you can watch that. And I know that they're spending a ton of money on these guys. And so if you have a amount of money being spent on them, I don't need to look it up. I'm sure Shad Khan is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, and his son is also worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. $12 million a year is nothing for Urban Meyer. I thought if Urban Meyer does sign this deal with the Jaguars, hell, I think that Urban could have got 15. I don't think that money's any option. And with those draft picks and with a quarterback, good weather, fun city, I don't blame Urban if he wants to take it. I have my questions. I don't know how great of a NFL head coach Urban's going to be. I, I worry about him on game day. Watching some of the big games, and honestly, some of the big losses that Ohio State had. We're going to end up doing the top three coming up at around 140, by the way, there. The three I'm excited about, the three I'm worried about. When I watch Urban Meyer at Ohio State, there were some big games that I, I think that he had a good game plan, but when he was adjusted upon, I don't know if his teams made the proper adjustments or could make the proper adjustments. You know, when you watch a guy like Mark D'Antonio over the years, at a place like Michigan State, you have to have good game. You have to be able to coach guys up, and Urban Meyer can coach guys up. But you have to make two-star guys and turn them into four-star guys. You have to coach them up. Give them that extra year because they, they're the ones that need it at a place like Michigan State. And then you have to turn those guys into people who know the game and guys that you can count on. And then you as a head coach, you have to be good on game day. You have to be good on, on the adjustments in game as they go. We always focus on halftime. You get a 20-minute halftime in, the, in college football. We always focus on halftime. If you're waiting until halftime to make adjustments, you ain't a football coach. And D'Antonio was a guy who can make adjustments. I, I think that Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald is a guy who can make adjustments. If we're talking about days like today, you, you see the way, if you pay any attention to college football, you see what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. Tight first halves, things change, they make adjustments. You have to be able to coach on game day. That's why Matt Campbell may or may not be talking to the Jets right now, according to the internet. You have to be able to do it on game day. And I know that Urban Meyer is great from Monday to Saturday. I don't know because of the weird losses that he would have to Michigan State in the Big Ten championship game, to Purdue, to some of the other ones. I I don't know if he's great in that moment. He's a hell of a recruiter and a hell of a football coach. Game day is something I'm going to be paying attention to if he takes on the Jaguars job. He has every right to take it. I don't care about Urban Meyer and the other stuff. So many of the writers were talking about he's not a good fit, and this is why. 
I don't give a damn in the NFL about 30 arrests at Florida. I don't care. You could bring up the Aaron Hernandez stuff, and while it's tragic as, as much as you want, we've proven before the NFL is a cold, calculated business, and you know damn well. Bill Belichick has that place wired for sound. Bill Belichick has ears and eyes on everything. We always know the story about Ernie. You ain't telling me. Now, I don't think he knew what Aaron Hernandez was doing with all that stuff. You can't tell me he didn't know he was into some bad stuff. You can't tell me they don't know. The beauty of the NFL or the horror of the NFL is that the league doesn't have, the league can take care of it. The program doesn't have to take care of it because the law takes care of it. You're a grown man now. You're an adult. You play professional football. This is your occupation. And if you step out of line, it's the same thing for a guy who's a carpenter, the same thing for a guy who's a butcher or a nurse or a teacher. You get popped in pl- in public, you're getting in trouble. Now, you may have a better opportunity to get out of that trouble because of your money and your fame, but you still have to pay a legal ramification. It's not like college football. It's not 30 guys getting arrested. Have you have a show cause penalty? Have you taken care of your program? Have you been the type of person that needs to look up to? No, 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 no. Not in the NFL. It's about winning and about winning a lot. That's all it is. So for the reasons and some of the think pieces that have been brought out about how horrible of a guy Urban Meyer really is, I don't buy any of that stuff. And I'm not going to make an opinion or I'm not going to form my opinion on what type of NFL head coach he's going to be because he wasn't grandfatherly as a college football coach. That stuff goes out the window. The NFL is about winning. The law is the law. Let the police take care of it. You're about winning it at Jacksonville. You're about winning if you were to take the Jets job or the Lions job or wherever you're going to go. All that rah-rah, crying stuff, graduation rates, and all that other crap is back there. This is the pros. That part, I have no worry about Urban Meyer. I think to worry about that is stupid. I do worry about him on game day, though. And I also think he probably could have got $15 million if he does sign, if he does agree to be the head coach of the Jaguars at $12 million or whatever number he could get. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, now 140, the three playoff teams I'm excited about, the three playoff teams I'm nervous about because we got into the Urban Meyer thing. I'm going to do that at 140. Connor, make note. Up next, you know what fan I am. I'm going to speak to you as a fan because I finally know what you're all talking about. It's like I'm in high school all over again. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. May I have the password, please? Fidelio. That's right, sir. That is the password. On CBS Sports Radio. I've never seen... Is something wrong with Philip Rivers? Connor? Oh, that's got to be offsides. Yeah, there you go. Um, Is there some... Good God. Look at him. What happened last... Did he get hurt last week? Connor? I don't believe so. Uh, he is shot-putting passes. I've, I've, been, I've been watching Connor... Uh, Maybe I haven't been paying close enough attention. I've been watching Philip Rivers all year. I didn't realize he was laboring this much. You get hurt in pregame or something? Like, he, boy. He's, he's, he's still getting the ball there, so I guess that's okay. But, good God, he looks like he's shot-putting. 
All right, we'll pay attention to it. 855-2124-CBS. Yeah, they just kicked off in Buffalo uh, between the Colts and the Buffalo Bills. And they uh, the Colts have the ball inside of Bills territory. Before I get into what reminded me of high school, this is going to be a pretty greasy analogy. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, I heard Juju Smith-Schuster's comments. I don't think that Juju Smith-Schuster was trying to say anything incendiary against the Cleveland Browns or the Cleveland Browns fans. But I think that he did it anyway by accident. I don't want you to be the judge. Go ahead and hit it. I think they're still the same Browns team I play every year. I think they're nameless great faces. Um, yes, they have a couple good players on, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Um, and that's just, like, one of those things that, you know, AFC North football, and you know, they're a good team, but um, I'm just happy we're playing them again, you know, this, this Sunday. I think that Juju Smith-Schuster, during his answer, realized he was talking himself into a pothole and was trying to get out of there. I really do. I don't think that Juju Smith-Schuster was trying to give any quote-unquote bulletin board material. but Because he started off the question, and when, the reason I know that is because we, we're in the same division. I pay attention to Mike Tomlin and his press conferences. I always think Mike Tomlin is announcing a state of emergency for a city when he's giving a press conference. It's the it's this crazy, loud tone that doesn't have any inflection whatsoever. Like I'm a loud person, at least I can go up and down with it. He's the same. It's like he's saying there's a flood and everybody needs to bend over and kiss their ass goodbye. It's amazing his press conferences, but he's also always said nameless gray faces. So when he says nameless gray faces, I think he I do think Juju Smith Schuster is not trying to dump on the Browns or dump on the city of the Cleveland or, or dump on Browns fans or anything like that. I don't think he's trying to do that. I think by accident it came out that way because when you haven't been good for a long time, there is something, and Juju knows this because he's always on social media, there is something in, in terms of the same old blankety blank. The same old Rams, the same old Saints, the same old sorry-ass whoever's. And for 20 years, it's been, yeah, the same old Browns, same old Browns. It's been that the, it's been tweeted to me. It has to be thousands of times over the last decade. Thousands. And so he, there's not a chance on earth that he doesn't see that on Twitter from people on in Pittsburgh and Cleveland and whoever about whatever, same old Browns. And he said same Browns. I want to play that again. I think he said same Browns, and he got a little nervous there that, oh, here we go. Go ahead, hit it again. Hit it again, Connor. Hit it again, baby. I see my play every year. I think they're nameless great faces. Um, yes, they have a couple good players on their, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I don't know, like, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Um, and that's just, like, one of those things that, you know, AFC North football, and they're a good team, but um, I'm just happy we're playing them again, you know, this, this Sunday. At the end of the day, the Browns are the Browns. The Browns are the the Browns. At the end of the day, AFC North football. He's now just throwing out words to try to cover it up. I tell you what, we played that yesterday in the morning, and people were upset, and rightfully so, because you know why? Because they're fans. This is the fun. I told you about this at maybe the beginning of the show, and I'll say it again, because I've, I've had a lot of fun talking with people over the last how many years in New England. Patriots fans, big Patriots fans. And I've had a lot of fun following the Patriots because I think the Patriots are kind of like, have been, have operated like the mob of the NFL. 
doesn't matter. Whatever you do, somebody might take the fall, but they've still been like the mob. They have the least amount of coaches of, of any team for a long time. Teams have 30 coaches. They have like 12. They don't have a lot because they know that their secrets are kept in-house. You basically have to give an oath of omerta to be a Bill, uh, to be a New England Patriots coach. I've always found them fascinating, and it's not just because of the specter of Belichick. It's not because of the specter of Brady. It's just the inner workings and things that they do. It really is fascinating stuff. And so there's always been this, maybe admiration isn't the right word for it, but fascination with them and their fan base. And I hear from Patriots fans every year about that team and talking about that team and getting to go to the playoffs every year. And then you develop strong rivalries like they did with the Colts and Peyton Manning, like they did with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. Real strong rivalries because you have to play for something in the NFL. That's what makes pro sports a a, a different thing other than anything else. Boston and L.A. have nothing in common with each other, and they wouldn't think about each other had it not been for the Celtics and Lakers, had it not been for the Lakers and Jerry West hating the Celtics and the Celtics getting in the way. You have to play for something to have a rivalry in pro sports. And for Cleveland and Pittsburgh, the proximity is close. I can get to Pittsburgh in two hours from downtown Cleveland. I'm I'm on a hoof it a little bit, but I can get there in two hours. I get to downtown Cleveland and Pittsburgh in about two hours. It's so wonderful. But because of the years that have gone on, because the Browns have not been very good, it hasn't been the rivalry that it should be. I I watched Terrell Suggs go out there with a middle finger shirt on and a press conference about Pittsburgh, and I saw Pittsburgh Steelers fans and players feel the same way of anger. And I wanted that. There was a jealousy there. There was a jealousy that I wanted terribly. And now I get to live it. Because now it feels like I'm in high school all over again. For any red-blooded American man, now I'm sounding like Musburger, for any red-blooded American man, there's a part of our lives where you hear about it, but you don't know about it. And all your buddies, depending on if you're the last one or one of the last ones, to cross a certain threshold in life, you hear about it because nobody talks I don't care about what they say about teenage girls. I was a teenage boy one time. My boys will be teenage boys. Nobody talks like a teenage boy. No one talks more trash. No one gossips more than a teenage boy. And being in high school and hearing all the talk, and no one brags more than a teenage boy, and hearing all the talk of all my buddies and crossing a certain threshold, I've had to deal with that for the last 20 years. Well, 18 years. And I forgot what it was like. Because I was so young when they made the postseason the last time in 2002. And now it feels like it's a new. I've heard Patriots fans tell me about all the ins and outs and what have yous and all the stories that are just downright salacious about the playoffs. I've heard it all from the Steelers fans who have been in my proximity about going through the playoffs again and how this has become old hat. The same thing with Packers fans. The same thing with Ravens fans. And now I finally get to enjoy it. And I do the same thing here when it comes to the Cleveland Browns that I did then, except different. When I was young, I went right over to my buddy's house. They were having a great big party. There's a look on your face, and everybody just knows. And there's a tone in my voice, and I consider this my buddy's great big party right here on this show. And there's a tone in my voice because you can't see my face 
that everybody just knows. Finally, I've crossed a threshold. Finally, my team gets to have fun. And it may only be fun for 60 minutes. That's okay. Usually the first time doesn't last that long anyway. But I finally get to have that fun again. It's like high school all over again with youth, exuberance, and fun with the Cleveland Browns. Up next, top three playoff teams I'm excited about. Top three playoff teams I'm nervous about moving into the future. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with Erica Herskowitz. He's bounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final statement of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Also reminding you that this weekend, it's an NFL wildcard playoff doubleheader beginning on CBS, beginning today with an AFC clash, which is already going on. Then on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, things get even wilder on Super Wild Card Weekend when CBS and Nickelodeon team up for a special presentation of Game 2. Check your local listings for games and times this weekend. The NFL Super Wild Card Weekend is on CBS and Nick. You think that's a good idea or a bad idea, Connor? I don't know that we should be talking about whether that's a bad idea considering what network we're on, but what the hell. Good I guess it's a good idea. idea if you got young kids who are into football, maybe a little bit of a different perspective. I like it. I I felt like Hank Hill last night because I swear to God, I go, I don't have any cartoon. My kids, when they first started looking at TV, like my even Eli, Eli will start watching some movies now and TV now with with actual people in it and actual acting and whatnot. You know, you guys, you got Blue's Clues, you got Blippy. Blippi's okay. People hate Blippi. I don't have a problem with Blippi. He's fine. But before, they'd only watch cartoons. Only. If it's animated, they'll watch it. If it wasn't animated, they had no interest in it whatsoever. And then I I thought then, I go, man, why don't they have like a cartoon of sports or something? Because I'm trying to get, you know, you try to get them into sports. Every dad wants wants your kids to like something they like. I'm not going to force them to it. If they don't like sports, they don't like sports. I got three of them. I'm sure one of them ain't going to like sports. That's okay. But um, yesterday I had a very proud moment. I was getting ready for this show. It was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Actually, I was already, I'd already gotten the show ready. And I was doing some other things. And it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I got The Simpsons on Disney Plus going. And I don't I watched The Simpsons. I watched The Simpsons when I was five. He can watch The Simpsons. He's five. I'm fine with it. If I'm the worst, if I'm the worst dad in the world, the hell with me. So we're watching The Simpsons, and he turns to me like we'd had like three episodes in a row. He turns to me, he says he wants to watch football. And I swear to you, I like I'm not one of these guys on Twitter who, after something crazy happens politically, my five year old was just wondering whether or not Nancy Pelosi's going to continue to be the speaker of the. Ho- I went, no, no, that's not my son. My son's five. He doesn't know. He he doesn't know. I'm not even going to act like that. But he did say he wanted to watch football, and I says, okay. 
And I, I, I put on the Browns, and I put on, because of the game pass, I put on the Browns, I put on the Browns against Tennessee. I go, there's plenty of scoring in the first half by the Browns. And he, damn it, he sat there with a blanket in my chair in my office and sat there and watched that game. He fell asleep during the second half because it was 11 o'clock. But it was a Friday, and I let him, I let him stay up because he can stay up. If I, God, if I let him stay up, he'll, he'll stay up. But he did, he did fall asleep in the second half, which is good because Tennessee makes a great pick comeback in the second half and nearly comes back and ties that football game. But either way, uh, that's the one I wanted to watch. So I, Connor, I got to tell you, I was proud. I was very happy, very, very happy yesterday because. I felt like Hank Hill because there's a moment where Bobby Hill starts to enjoy football and you want to preserve that and make sure everything's perfect. And I do. I want him to, I want him to like football. I'm not going to force him to play it. It's not for everybody. Um, just like I wouldn't force him to wrestle. Wrestling's not for everybody. But I would like him to like sports. I would like him to be involved in sports. 855-2124-CBS. I just thought it was a nice moment I had to share with everybody. Uh, real quick, before I get to the other stuff with the playoff teams, to go back on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a very strong decision to make. Deshaun Watson can can make history. If he decides that he wants a trade, he can very well demand that trade. Now, there's some people brought up, and I think rightfully so, some listeners had brought up that the NFL is going to protect the shield no, almost no matter what. I don't know what you can do. I don't. You can't make him play for a team he doesn't want to play for. Now, there's such a thing as exclusive rights-free agency, but if he were to decide, and I, I believe that Nick Casario did the right thing. I read the report saying that Nick Casario is meeting with him on, on general managers or and, and head coach and all that stuff. I think it's a great idea. And it's a great, great thing for him to do. It's the right thing for him to do. I, I think that makes a ton of sense because Deshaun Watson should be the future of your franchise. And we had calls at the very beginning of the show, people who were Jets fans, people who were Saints fans, who said, I will make room, I'll trade whatever I have to. There, there is a market, obviously, for Deshaun Watson. And even with the cap hit and, and, and the money that's given to him, there's plenty of fans who are willing to do it. And I wrote down right off the top of my head, I couldn't write fast enough, the teams that I think might be interested in. Jacksonville fans, they're in the same division. Same thing with Indianapolis. They're in the same division, so I don't think it's realistic. But there's conversations to be had there with fans. There's conversations to be had of whether or not you could pull that off. The Jets, Jacksonville, Denver, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Detroit, San Francisco, the Rams, New England, Washington, Chicago could be a possibility there. I mean, there are a lot of teams that might be willing to give up the freight for that. So Deshaun Watson has himself a great decision to make, whether he wants to stick it out and continue to be the face of the franchise with the Texans, which could be a very great thing, because I don't think the Texans are going to be on their ass forever, but you are also a blink away from being this generation's Matt Stafford or being the next Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, if I pulled out his stats, those are Hall of Fame stats by the time they're all said and done. If he stays healthy, he'll still be over 55,000 yards, 50,000 passing yards. I extrapolated his numbers a couple years ago. It's over 60,000 passing yards. It's over 400 uh, passing touchdowns. That's top seven on either category. That's a Hall of Famer. But he's not a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have the hardware. Deshaun Watson could have all those numbers, but we are getting so close to championships being the end-all, be-all, I don't know if you can really pound it there to him. So he has a strong decision. But it makes fans, it should make fans nervous. Because the thing that makes the NFL special is that if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, you have baseball players. You just won the World Series a handful of years ago. But you have baseball players that when they play the Yankees, they strive to play for the Yankees. Because the Yankees means you've made it. You make the most money playing for the Yankees. Usually, that means you make it. It's a status. It's not a status to play for the Jets or Giants. 
The Giants are a special franchise. I'm not going to take anything away from that. And a Jets fan would feel the Jets are a special franchise too. But it's nothing special to a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's won a Super Bowl, can win more Super Bowls, has a half a billion dollar contract, and plays for the Kansas City Chiefs who are an historical franchise in their own right. That's the beauty of the NFL is that a fan in Kansas City can watch his Chiefs or her Chiefs and feel really good about them and know that they have a chance any given year because they have Patrick Mahomes. They can't always say that about their Royals. 855-2124-CBS. Are we ready? Let's do it. Top three teams I'm excited about. The three teams I'm nervous about after this postseason. One of the teams that I'm excited about right now, I'm watching right now, and that is the Buffalo Bills. I saw them score a touchdown. We're marveling over Josh Allen and what Sean McDermott has done with Josh Allen. And what Brian, let's give Brian Dable credit to. As much as I didn't want to, because when he was in Cleveland 10 years ago, he was a mess. That was 10 years ago. People change. People grow up. I'll give him this due if, if, if it deserves due. I also want to talk about Dawson Knox. I got what I think had, if I'm not mistaken, had 14 or maybe 15 catches his last year at Ole Miss. And they've developed him nicely into a guy who can be there for him. And he's not, I don't think he's Travis Kelsey, but he's also a guy who can be a very nice tight end who seems to have a, a, a nice successful, who might have a nice successful career on his hand. What they've done with Josh Allen, it's easy to see it and it's easy to say it about Josh Allen. But other positions of youth, the coaching that they've done, I'm excited for the future of the Buffalo Bills. Even if they were to somehow get upset in this game, I'm excited for the future of Buffalo. I'm excited for the future of the Bills. And it's not just because of Josh Allen. Because I know that with Josh Allen there, they definitely already have a great coaching staff. That's been proven, not just with him. A team I'm nervous about, the New Orleans Saints. I was asked during worker shoot by Connor Green, almost said Connor Shaw, who was a quarterback for the Browns. I was asked by Connor Green whether or not I'm excited about the New Orleans or whether or not I'm nervous about Drew Brees and this being his final game in the NFL, possibly, or his final run in the playoffs. I am. And I'm nervous about where the Saints go. They have a lot of options. They have a good coach, Sean Payton, and a very powerful coach in Sean Payton. The guy makes a lot of decisions around the league. He's one of the coach emeritus that you would find around the league, even though he's still a coach. So I guess that one doesn't make sense. But still, you can kind of see the writing on the wall there. And I think that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are not the same flavor of what you can find with a guy who is a legend in Drew Brees. That organization was in question of whether or not they were even going to be there until Drew Brees showed up there and took them to another level. There's so much to be thankful for. And if that's the end, if this is truly the end of Drew Brees in an NFL uniform, do you remain on this good road? Does Sean Payton continue to be this praised, or do we start to see what life is like without a legendary quarterback? And we've already seen that example before. We saw it this year. That's a scary scenario for a Saints fan because it's a long climb to the penthouse. It's a free fall to the bottom. A team I'm excited about, goes without saying, the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. He's one of those young, analytic well-thinking coaches who knows how to run the football. All the people who are against analytics, which I don't think we should really have a pro and anti-analytics type of feeling anymore. I, I don't think it should be partisan anymore. I think we need to come together and know that there's a room for emotion in this game. There's room for analytics in this game. And Kevin Stefanski's been good. 
And it's amazing that the thing that takes the most emotion, running the football, is what Kevin Stefanski's good at. It's what Kyle Shanahan's good at. It's what Sean McVay's good at. I'm excited about their future because of Kevin Stefanski because I wanted to almost leave Baker Mayfield dead at the end of last year. Just another bust, throw another log on the fire. Here we go again with all this other stuff. Typical Browns. And he pulled his career out, and he got him back on the right track. Baker Mayfield's not out of the woods. But in the same vein I've seen Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee and Mike Vrabel and and Arthur Smith, I'm seeing the same thing with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. It's a year late. They almost made a horrific decision with Freddie Kitchens, us one that they couldn't fill back up for. But it looks like they're doing it with Kevin Stefanski. Team I'm nervous about, Green Bay, goes without saying, Aaron Rodgers, I can move on. A team I'm nervous about, I do it doubly because I want to end on a positive note. Ben's age makes me nervous. Their failure to find a running back makes me nervous. The age of the offensive line makes me nervous. I don't know what the future holds this playoff run for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have no idea. They're a team that could lose on Sunday night. They're a team that can make an AFC championship game. Hell, they're a team that could possibly go to a Super Bowl. Through 11 weeks, they look like that. With rest, we'll see what they have tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's going to be a very big statement by the Pittsburgh Steelers because they lost their identity through three straight losses. And I don't know, with a quarterback at 38, I don't know what that's going to be other than we have a 38-year-old quarterback who's a future Hall of Famer. If you can't find something other than that, then I'm not sure what you can have. And you'll have Bud Dupree back, or maybe I'm not sure about their cap space there. You'll have Devin Bush back, and you still have good players on that defense. But if Ben starts to become this Ben, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And I know Peter King's a little bullish on Mason Rudolph. I think a lot of Steelers fans would find that laughable. The team I'm very excited about, they've made it. They have made it. Russell Wilson has made it. Russell Wilson should be an MVP at some point. That defense is not very good, and Russell Wilson has got them back to the playoffs, and I think they're looking good again. I don't know what they're doing this year. I think it's house money in terms of actual success, but I'm so excited about their future. They got the oldest coach in the league, and it feels like he's the youngest. A big thanks to everybody in New York. Andrew Filipponi is next. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.